0: And welcome to the Midweek Podcast, where we discuss what it looks like to flourish as disciples of Jesus in the unique moment that we're living in. Our nation continues to riot over George Floyd and the racism it has highlighted. We all continue to journey through the coronavirus restrictions uh, with an increase in cases as things begin to open up again in most states, including our own. Uh, There is so much that we could talk about and explore concerning either of those topics, but the thing that's really been on my heart this morning is the topic of simplicity. Chasing down a simpler life, living intentionally as a spiritual practice, as a matter of discipleship to Jesus. And that may seem like an odd topic with all that's happening in our world, with all of the controversy and all the important conversations that are being had right now. We want to continue to engage in those important conversations, but I want to talk about simplicity this morning because I think we are at a unique and important moment when it comes to discipleship in the way that we structure our lives. Uh, COVID-19 has upended our world in many ways and shifted the landscape of our lives. And yet, until there's a vaccine, I imagine it will continue to do so and one of the important opportunities it has provided is the chance to slow down and reassess our lives. And for most of us, it is a key moment where, we're, where we'll decide to either uh, choose a simpler life or miss that opportunity. Uh, my personal story with Simplicity started at the end of 2019, heading into 2020, when we started a new series on the spiritual disciplines and becoming more like Jesus. And uh, I read a book by my former pastor, a guy named John Mark Comer, and his book's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I still maintain that it is one of the best books I have ever read. It is so impactful. If you haven't picked it up yet, please, please do. It's such a timely and important word for discipleship in the 21st century. And it was very influential in shaping that series that we did at the first part of 2020. Uh, But Of all of the spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines that we talked about in that series, the one that resonated most deeply with me, the one that has really begun to challenge and shape our family life in a new direction, is the practice of simplicity. And this idea of simplicity, or what the monks called frugality, or what the modern movement tends to call minimalism, Came into my world as a new idea quite recently, but we have to start by pointing out how ancient this practice really is. Uh, It was far more visible and widely practiced throughout church history than it is today, and it can be traced back directly to Jesus and his life and teachings. Uh, Jesus lived a simple life that was focused on God, he had the clothes on his back, and that was about it. Uh, He had money, but he didn't spend it on homes and possessions and whatever else, Uh, and he taught quite extensively on our relationship to money and possessions and the distractions of this life. And he said things like, Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Is not the body more than clothes and life more than food? Uh, You cannot serve both God and money, he says. You you just can't. You'll be distracted. Your allegiance is split. It simply doesn't work. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat and what you will drink and what you will wear. Uh, The worries of this life, Jesus warns, can come along and choke out God's kingdom work in your life. Fast forward 2,000 years and we find ourselves in a consumer economy built around the idea that more stuff equals more happiness and in which we spend exorbitant amounts of time worrying about possessions and serving money at the risk of uh, losing God Uh, And believing the lie that life does indeed consist in an abundance of possessions. And as a result, the kingdom of God often gets choked out in our lives. Our relationship with Jesus gets suffocated and smothered underneath a mountain of possessions and distractions and busyness and overcommitment. Uh, We have to work more, we think, so that we can earn more, so we can spend more, so we can have more. And all of this more is killing us. Uh, We still aren't satisfied and we end up losing track of what matters most in life. And it's into the craziness of our consumer economy and the frantic pace of of life in the 21st century that minimalism or simplicity is being rediscovered as a life-giving, liberating practice that frees uh, us up and uh, frees us from many of the lies that govern our lives and, of course, uh, the stress that comes along with them. Uh, in short, people inside and outside of the church are rediscovering uh, that simplicity frees us up to live the life uh, that we were intended to live. Uh, here is one definition of minimalism or simplicity, uh, which, uh, to be clear, can be practiced in the secular world but really finds its roots and its inspiration in the life of Jesus but this is the definition. Minimalism is the intentional promotion of the things we most value and the removal of anything that distracts us from them. I'll say that again. It's the intentional promotion of the things we most value and the removal of anything that distracts us from them. What it means is that you center your life on what matters most and start stripping away all of the junk that we don't really need that gets in the way of that life. Uh, And here are some of the basic benefits for those who practice simplicity or minimalism or whatever you'd like to call it. Uh, More time and energy, more generosity, Uh, which, by the way, Jesus says you'll actually get more joy and well-being from giving than from receiving, and people are finding that to be true, Uh, more freedom, less stress, less distraction, which is a huge piece in my mind, uh, better impact on the planet, higher quality stuff because you end up buying less things that are higher quality. Uh, You end up being a better example, I think, to friends, children, and others around you concerning what really matters in life. Uh, There's less work for you in terms of researching, buying, organizing, and maintaining all of your stuff. And there's less work for those around you who have to help you take care of your stuff and who eventually will deal with all of your stuff when you are sick or eventually when you die. Uh, There's less comparison in the minimalist lifestyle and there's more contentment. And I'm sure that we could add to that list. But in short, for many of us, simplicity is the life we've always wanted, but never had. And to be honest, we're looking for it in the wrong place. We have this, I think, we all have this driving, nagging sense that there's a better life that we could be living, that we aren't complete. But too often, we look for that fulfillment in the very consumerism that is driving us mad with its illusions. I heard the stat recently that a Americans see on average 5,000 advertisements a day. And each one of those is some form of idea or what we would call propaganda saying that you will find fulfillment here. That driving nagging sense can go away, can be satisfied with our product, Uh, which of course turns out to be false. Uh, But As we step into this conversation, I will be the first one to say that I'm on a journey with all of this stuff. Uh, I haven't arrived, but I can tell you that there is life in this practice. There is life in practicing simplicity, eliminating hurry, reducing distraction, getting rid of junk, uh, streamlining our schedules, and, and all of a sudden finding the time and energy and capacity to enjoy God and enjoy life and our relationship with others. Uh, And all of this really lit a fire under me late last year when I started reading about this practice in preparation for our series, and sort of being um, reawakened to the beauty of simplicity in the life of Jesus. And I even finally started to believe the things that he taught on wealth and possessions and what the good life is. Uh, And so one of the ways this began to manifest itself in my life personally, was by simplifying our home. Uh, We were spending so much time uh, organizing and cleaning and buying and maintaining stuff that we didn't really need. Uh, There was too much time, energy, attention going into that. And with three little boys, it's really highlighted because they would always be coming to me, dad, can you play, dad, can you play, dad, come do this. Oh, show me this thing, read this book to me. And then all of a sudden you realize how often you have to say no. No, I can't do that, no, I can't do that. Well, why not? What am i doing right now what am i maintaining or reorganizing or whatever do i even need this stuff uh, Am have i overburdened my life with stuff at the expense of my, my own children and the life that I want. Uh, what, what's, what should I do with all of this clutter and distraction? And so we just started getting rid of, th- rid of things. We took loads of stuff to the goodwill. We threw loads of stuff away. Uh, we sold a lot of things and gave the money away to people who needed it more than we did. And the more that we did that, the more that we sold and gave away, the less stressed I fell and the more free we became. Uh, when all was said and done, we probably got rid of 30 to 50% of all of our possessions, and we still have a long way to go. It is a journey for anyone who's going to uh, try and get after simplicity or minimalism. I mean, just in the last week, uh, I've kind of been wrestling with this stuff all over again, going back through our house for another round and just getting rid of things and simplifying. And somehow I've just found piles of stuff packed away in our home that we don't really need. Uh, I'm recording this podcast in our basement and it's just piled full of stuff that I've dragged out that we just don't need. Uh, and in fact, most of the time I can't find the things that I do want or do value because they're buried under all of the stuff that I don't really care about. Um, and so we're we're committing to it. We're jumping into another round of simplifying. And so my wife and I are having tough conversations about this stuff. But just to give you like a snapshot of where we're at, um, we're currently storing five Five kayaks at our house for for fan, for a family member, and I don't know where to put them. Okay, so we're saying like, where do we put these? Do we have to like build a new shelving unit or whatever? Five kayaks. Okay, so we're not minimalist people. Uh, I recently achieved my long-term dream of buying a moped. Uh, but immediately that sparked a ton of conversation around our vehicles. Do we really need three vehicles on our insurance? Do I actually need my own car? Can I sell it? Uh, and I have to admit, I've been up late a couple of nights wrestling with this stuff. Uh, and so we've got three vehicles right now, and five kayaks, among many other things. Like we will never make a minimalism documentary uh, if they were filming one. Like we we've got and we've got camping stuff and snowshoeing gear and bins full of Christmas decorations and a shed packed full of yard maintenance tools and we've we've still got stuff everywhere okay so we've got a long way to go we can't be classified as minimalists right now but we're trending that direction and i could not be more excited about our journey now before we go any further an important note on simplicity um simplicity isn't just about living with less As energizing as that is, it's not just about having less in your garage and less in your closet, as important as that can become. It's actually about having the capacity to live the life we were intended to live with Jesus. Uh, It's about sitting in God's presence and saying, God, what have you wired me for? Uh, What are you calling me to? What have you gifted me for as an individual? What do you want me to focus my time, energy, and attention on? Where is the good life actually found? And the easy answer, the sort of base level answer for everyone, is Jesus. We focus on him. We follow him. We listen to him. We practice his presence throughout our day. But there are also specific things that he's called you to and he wants you to do with your life. He's prepared unique, good works in advance for you to do. Uh, and that relates to things he's specifically gifted you for. Things that will expand his kingdom and give you immense satisfaction and joy along the the way, things that bring you meaning and purpose and contentment. But if we're honest, sometimes we see or sense those things God has wired us for or called us to, but then we go about structuring our lives in such a way that completely sabotages and undermines all that we're called to. Uh, We say, hey God, I see that you've called me to this career or this family or this spouse. I see that you've gifted me for X, Y, or Z for the sake of your kingdom. Uh, I see that you've, you've given me this natural passion for discipleship in this specific area or with this specific people group. Uh, But then we turn right around and we drown out our lives in earning and buying and selling and maintaining and digital distraction and overcommitment and another Netflix binge. And then three years later, we wake up and say, whoa, uh, sorry, like, sorry, God, I'm not sure what happened there. I'm not sure where those years went. Uh, What was it again that you created me to do? What, What are you calling me to do for the sake of your kingdom? And so simplicity... Is about waking up and focusing our lives on what matters most and I personally end up talking a lot about possessions in part because it's an easy place to start and it's a tangible thing and that so often is the tension in our family with like me and my free time and our kids and all of that uh, but really this uh, conversation is so much broader than possessions you can uh, sell everything you own and just have the clothes on your back and you can still be distracting yourself into spiritual oblivion. You can still be signed up for way too many activities and be on way too many apps and waste eight hours a day on TV and social media and YouTube and be no closer to Jesus than you were before you sold all your possessions. So simplicity uh, is about simplifying your possessions, yes, but also about simplifying your schedule and the apps on your phone and the distractions of internet and TV and social media. And setting all of that stuff aside, but it's for a purpose. Uh, you're saying no to distractions so that you can say yes to Jesus. You're saying no to the lies of consumerism in order to recenter on the truth of the kingdom. Uh, if you just clear out your schedule, And clear out your schedule and your garage, I mean, and your closet and your garage and your mind, and you just leave those things empty. Well, it's only a matter of time before you'll slowly fill them back up again with unworthy and distracting things. So we, we clear the ground in every uh, sector of our lives, but we clear the ground in order to plant new seeds. Uh, we clear our minds and our closets and our garages and our budgets and our schedules uh, for the specific purpose of living a full life in Jesus. And the reason I want to highlight this practice this morning is that COVID-19 has brought a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to correct course and change Choose a simpler life, a life with less consumerism and more freedom and generosity, a life with less distraction and more joy, a life with less busyness and stress and more of the peace of Christ. And there's a sense in which COVID-19 has forced us into submission. Uh, It forced us to slow our pace down like way down. Uh, It forced us to stop going to the mall. It forced us to clear our schedules all across the board. It's forced us to stop serving and committing and buying and running and doing stuff and to find a quiet center. Uh, Most of us are spending way more time with our families than we ever have before. And uh, for a lot of us, it's been this powerful reminder of where satisfaction lies and where it doesn't. We're reminded of what's important in life and the relationships that we hold dear and what's not important. And for many people, it's been this time to step back and reassess our lives and ask, what was I doing? Why was I spending so much time and money and energy chasing whatever the thing was? And as restrictions start to lift, We've got some really important decisions to make. Do I want to go back to the pace I was running at before? Do I want to commit or I guess recommit at this point to all of those activities I was engaged in before? Do I want to slip back into the same habits of consumerism? This is the time to chart a path to a simpler life that is more rewarding, less stressful, and just more enjoyable. But in order to grab hold of that life, we have to make choices. We have to exercise discipline uh, and use wisdom and embrace a lifestyle that's going to bring lasting change. We have to have some sort of coherent vision set before our eyes so that we can know what to say yes to and what to say no to. Many of you know that I am the very opposite of a morning person. Uh, I love staying up late, I hate waking up early, but in 2013, I signed up to serve as an attorney in the military. And I was shipped off to basic training or boot camp uh, for three and a half months. And for those three and a half months, every single morning, we had to get up at four in the morning, usually through someone yelling at you, um, every single morning. And after a while, it just felt natural, uh, it was easy. And I remember getting home from basic and my first morning back, uh, back in the real world without an alarm clock, I sat up in bed at 4 a.m., wide awake, like ready to go. I got dressed. I felt energized. I went for a run. I did a workout. I started work by like 6 a.m. I I had devotional time and, and I went about my day. And um, and then the next day, I remember I woke up at four thirty a.m. unprovoked on my own. But the day after that, I, I woke up at five a.m. and then and then five thirty a.m and then like 8 a.m. or something like that. So in in the course of like three or four days, uh, I lost this new habit that I'd been building for months and I've never gotten it back again. Uh, I just reverted back to my old ways and I was thinking about that uh, and just how restrictions are lifting, uh, we're, we're shifting back into a little bit more of a normal world and just reflecting on how sometimes we can, even after months of building a habit, it can just kind of erode or slip through our fingers. And so my prayer is that we come out of the COVID-19 restrictions without losing what matters most, without over committing and over complicating and going back to our old ways of life. But rather, my prayer is that we would build a new habit. And so we'll end with this. A few quick thoughts on how you can embrace the practice of simplicity even as life begins to pick up pace again. And I think the first thing for me is having a compelling vision. Number one, have a compelling vision. Get before God, chat with friends or family or spouse, or if you're an introvert like me, just like get out in the forest with a pen and a pencil and a journal and whatever, and and begin to map out the life that you want to lead. Uh, What do you want your relationship with Jesus to look like? Okay, well, how are you going to go about that? Uh, What does it look like to abide in Him? Uh, There is nothing better than that. There's no career. There's no money. There's no spouse. There's no consumer item that can come close to the joy, contentment, and satisfaction of abiding in Christ. So what does that look like for you? What does it look like for you to abide in Him? Uh, What is God calling you to in this season when it comes to discipleship and the kingdom? Okay, focus on that say figure out first what you're saying yes to what do i want to be the beating heart and center of my life what am i saying yes to that's number one number two is that you then are informed on what you should say no to you start eliminating the things that distract you from that calling Simplify your schedule, root out distracting events, eliminate as much digital distraction as you can. In terms of iPhone, Netflix, social media, all of that, it steals an incredible amount of your time and energy. Uh, take a good hard look at your possessions. Every item that you own uh, costs something to buy, but in many cases, uh, takes time and energy to maintain. And, and in the case of like vehicles and things like that, can take a lot of money to continue to ensure and maintain as well, uh, I think the easiest place to start is with your closet. And then work outward from there. Uh, Work your way through your home or apartment or whatever it is. Just begin to eliminate uh, distraction and clutter. If it doesn't bring you joy, if it isn't incredibly useful, then get rid of it. Uh, Learn to live in the words of Jesus freely and lightly. Uh, Not hoarding stuff for a rainy day. Not worrying about what you'll eat or what you'll wear. Not basing your life on an abundance of possessions, but seeking first the kingdom kingdom of God. Uh, Most of us could eliminate half of all of our clothes uh, and even half of our possessions, and we'd end up feeling more joy than we feel right now. Uh, I recently heard the stat that we wear um, 20% of our clothes 80% of the time, which means 80% of the time you're wearing clothes, it's that same 20% that you love to wear. And the rest of the 80% of your clothes are just sitting in your closet. You could take 80% of your clothes out and you would hardly notice. But you can do that with a lot of things in your life. Uh, And the more you eliminate all of that distraction, not only does it break the lies of the consumer economy and make us a naturally more kingdom-centered, generous people, uh, but it just makes us less stressed and less distracted. and, And abiding all of a sudden comes into view as something that is more and more attainable for us. So the first step is figuring out what am I saying yes to? What do I want to focus my life life on. Uh, Jesus talks about, in terms of spiritual warfare, kind of cleaning the demonic out of a house but not filling it with good things and how the demonic just kind of creeps back into that empty space, into the void. The same thing happens with our stuff. The same thing happens with our consumerism. You could give away all of your items, but if you don't actually shift from a consumer consumeristic mindset to a kingdom mindset, you're going to end up buying everything right back again. So it's, it's about creating what am I saying yes to? What am I filling the temple with, so to speak? Uh, And then what do I need to say no to? What needs to be cleaned out of my life? Eliminate hurry to the best that you can. Eliminate busyness. Eliminate clutter and distraction and consumerism so that you can clear the ground for abiding in Jesus and for the kingdom of God to come in greater and greater measure. The more you can eliminate from your schedule or from your screen time or from your closet, the less stressed you will feel, the more joyful you'll become, and the more you'll find yourself falling in line and resonating with the teachings of Jesus. The greater your capacity will be for abiding in Jesus, enjoying his presence, and focusing on what matters most in your life. As things begin to open up, uh, you've got many followers of Jesus saying, I don't want to go back. I'm not going back to the way things were before. And the good news is that you don't have to. Right here, right now, we have a beautiful opportunity to reassess and restructure our lives, to trust Jesus, to embrace his vision for the good life and human flourishing, and to grab hold of a deeper and more fulfilling life in the process. In the words of Henry David Thoreau, he says, simplicity, simplicity, simplicity. I say, let your affairs be as two or three and not a hundred or a thousand. And in the words of Jesus, he says, do not worry. Do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? where moss and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moss and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you'd like to dive deeper into this practice, there's a few resources I'd recommend. The first is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. Another is The Freedom of Simplicity by Richard Foster. And The More of Less by Joshua Becker, uh, one of the leaders of the modern minimalist movement. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we will um, go ahead and get on with our day. Jesus We um, open up the scriptures, Lord, and we see you. We see the way that you lived. We see your lifestyle. And uh, as your followers... Uh, as your disciples, alive and at work in the world, Lord, we want our lifestyle to be reflective of yours. Uh, we want to study under our our Lord, our teacher, our Rabbi. We want to grow in your way. We want to uh, grow in our experience of the easy yoke uh, of living out a life uh, that is that you say can be free and can be light. And so, Lord, would you show us? Would you speak to us? As many of us are praying and fasting today, uh, would you? Show us, Lord, um, wh- where what you want to call us back to and recenter us on and what needs to be eliminated in order to really abide in you. Uh, Jesus, we so often get confused as to where true abundance lies, and you tell us, and you tell us so clearly, but we still get confused, and we still get distracted. Would you show us where true abundance lies? Would you show us what truly leads to well-being and our own flourishing? Uh, Jesus, would you teach us about joy, uh, that has nothing to do with our possessions. Would you teach us what it looks like to have margin uh, in in a world where we don't have margin in our schedules or our budgets or our minds or, or anything, but, but Lord, you did and you show your disciples how to do that. And so as we fast, as we pray, as we seek you today, Lord, we continue to pray for all the turmoil in our country caused by COVID-19, caused by racism. We see the kingdom um, as such a cruel central part of the solution uh, to both of those things, Lord. And so we pray uh, for the end of them and that your kingdom would continue to come. And we also, Lord, take this time to take a deep introspective look, to figure out what we want to say yes to, what we want to say no to, and how we might eliminate the things that are choking out the kingdom in our lives. Would you come? Would you prune back Jesus? Would you challenge us? Would you speak? Uh, Would you um, help us to have fun with all of this? I've had so much fun, uh, even in the challenge of it, and would you show us what it looks like to bear greater and greater fruit for God because of the way that we structure our lives. We come and sit at your feet, would you speak to us now? In Jesus' name, amen.